Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Football Game Day Show. We are a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, uh, it's our regular panel. Guys, is it fine to call this a regular panel? We've got uh, former Weber State coach Tom Stackrock joining us again. Tom, how's it going, man? I, I just can't believe you just said regular with this panel. I'm thinking like Dream Team, something like that. Regular is like... Hey. Who we're playing today? That's regular. Hey, what I'm saying is a very consistent group of guys here yeah. uh, on the game day show. So appreciate you guys for showing up, man. But uh, we also have the signpost's own Simon Mortensen. Simon, what's up, man? Glad to have you on again as well. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just grinding through till the end of the semester. I know we got like a month left. And yeah, yeah I started registering for classes even. And I'm like, yeah. And it's weird. It's weird to register for classes and still have stuff in your canvas board that stresses you out. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely a unique experience, but it'll be the last time you have to deal with it, man. Cause you're getting last close. Time. You're getting <laughs> close. <laughs> well, fellas, let's talk a little bit about today's show. We're going to do a, give you guys a little, little time to talk about the Sac state game in Ogden last week. Then we will turn our attention to today's game against rival Idaho state. Although I checked it out, the stripes have only beat Weber state twice since 1999 fellas. Um, it's been rough in Pocatello, but We'll talk about Idaho State today. We'll talk a little bit maybe about the mentality of the Wildcats going into this one. Because now we're in the home stretch. Wildcats have gotten through those tough three weeks that we've talked about for the entire season. And so now it's just a couple of weeks left. And we'll see what happens and see if the Wildcats can get a playoff spot. Then we'll take our fly around the sky, talk about some of the other games in the conference. Most of them are fairly pedestrian, but there's one in particular that I'm very interested to watch. And uh, it'll happen after the Weber State game. So that's kind of nice. So we'll talk about that match. Before we get into all that, though, want to encourage everyone to subscribe to the show. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, Google Podcasts as well. Um, you, can, you can listen or watch on YouTube. Uh, for the most part, the game day shows don't get there, but all the other live streams that we do during the week, we'll be starting up uh, basketball shows next week. So we'll be doing men's and women's basketball. So those will appear in your feed as well. Uh, please rate us on those social or on those podcast feeds, wherever they might be. We really appreciate you putting in a good word for us with the algorithm. So give us five stars, give it a thumbs up, whatever it takes on that, on your particular platform. We're also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we've got our Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly, become a, a patron. Really appreciate you folks. Apologies to the patrons so far. I still have not gotten some of the interviews that I've done in queue uh, up on video. It's been a little bit busy in the Peterson household. And so haven't been able to do that. But I promise it's going to happen soon. We're going to get them up there. We just haven't gotten it uh, as, as smooth as we want. So they'll be there soon. But now, guys, let's talk a little bit about Sac State. Um, Obviously, not things didn't go the way we wanted. We talked a little bit before we started the show that our picks were good last week, but the one game we got wrong was the one game we didn't want to get wrong. <laughs> but let's start on a positive note. What'd you guys like from last week going into these final two weeks? Well, I, I, I really liked the way we came out on offense in the second half. You know, I mean, playing physical, running the ball. You know, I think that was really positive. I like that we we fielded the punts. I know that we talked about it before the game, not letting that thing bounce around. I thought that was positive for us. You know, the other part of it too is, you know, you get the kickoff return. 
which is a, you know, a huge play for us, you know, when we're, we're struggling on offense a little bit there. So I thought that was, <clears throat> I thought that was uh, really, really positive. The other part too is, you know, and I think it just kind of, kind of talks to, to what coach Hill had to say about his team and in the, in the fight, you know, we, we lose that first onside kick, you know, they get the field goal, but there's, a couple minutes. I can't remember exactly how many minutes. Maybe, maybe almost two minutes. Maybe less than that. But we still find a way to rally and score. You know, so I, I think there was lots of opportunities there for our, our guys to go. Oh man, just it ain't our day. It ain't working for us. And just you know, it is what it is. But man, we we had a lot of fight in us. Man, we we played hard and. You know, and then I think you got to look at it playing against a hell of a team. They are who they are. Sac State's a great football team. And, and uh, you know, it wasn't a, our best outing, but we still battled and played hard. So I think there was those positive things that happened throughout the game. Yeah, it, it's a good point, Tom, because it, very similar to what happened in Bozeman against Montana State, where easily could have just said, it's not our day. We'll just get back on the bus. And that's not what the Wildcats did. They didn't do it in the Sac State game. They didn't do it in the, in the game against Montana State either. They tried to come back and they made it close. There was even potential opportunity to win the game. And it just, you know, it wasn't there that particular day, but they didn't give up. And so I like that kind of fight from the squad. That grit, that determination is the kind of thing you want to see going into the playoffs because games are going to get tighter in the playoffs, especially as you move up the pyramid. And the field narrows. Good teams are going to play good teams by, you know, the virtue of what the FCS playoff gives us. And it's good to know that this is a mentally strong team and a team with some resilience to say, we're not going to give up. We're going to continue to fight to the last second, uh, even though sometimes it hasn't worked out the way that the Wildcats want. We're still going to fight. Simon, what about you? Would you like from this one that maybe can, you know, give us some some positives going into the final two weeks of the season. Yeah, no, I think we, I think we hammer on this a lot in the show. Um, and there's a reason that we do. And there's a reason that, you know, Weber state has been successful this season um, is you look at the run game, you look at Dante McMillian with 73 yards and 4.3 average. And you look at Josh Davis with 60 yards and a five yard average and Chris Jackson with 32 yards and a 3.2 average over 10 carries. Um, like that to me is like able to get to that first, you know, that second and five marker to those important, you know, five yard plays that we need so heavily in these games. I really wish um, we could have seen Justin Malone kind of come in a little bit more, get a couple more passes so that we could kind of play a little bit of that slower offense and be able to grind through um, some of the hard parts of this defense. But still, I mean, that run game, like those stats right there, that's exactly what we want. We want to get to second and five. We want to get to those places that are a little bit easier to play from. And I think those running backs really showed that, especially against a tough defensive line. Um, and again, I love the grit. I love that, you know, in the second half, we, you know, I thought we were done in the second half, like, you know, had a, we were down pretty far and, um, come back and really made a game out of it. And so I think, I think it just shows to our grit and like coach Stack said, like it's, it's great when your players can fight through something that's, that's tough. Yeah, man. Um, so let's flip the switch now a little bit and let's talk about what you maybe didn't like from last week's performance. Coach, we'll go back to you, man. I probably, I just say in one word rhythm. 
You know, mm-hmm. you look at that game and then you think about rhythm, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're playing basketball and you're shooting a three and you're just in a rhythm football offensively and defensive way you want to have a rhythm, right? Offensively, we just never got into a rhythm. Either it was a bad, a bad ball, a drop ball, um, offensive calls against us. And I'm not saying they're right or wrong, but there's still their calls out there. It just, it just slowed the rhythm on offense. We never got going. And the other part of it is on defense. And this had a lot to do with Sac State because they did a couple things that that threw us out of a defensive rhythm. We never really I just didn't think defensively at times we had them dialed in, but at times we didn't because in crucial situations they found a way to spring a guy wide open. Yep. They did a lot of stuff and and they did a lot of stuff with their motion and mostly their motion being flipping flipping the tight end over, right? And they did a nice job of that of flipping those guys and motioning those guys and getting set and we weren't just, we weren't, weren't quite ready to go. I mean, there's about four or five plays where we didn't have our, our hand in the ground yet. And they were set and ready to go. So credit to them on putting those little, little things in. And maybe it goes back to what we talked about last week um, before the game as the fart, the fact that Coach Taylor had that history at, at the University of Utah and understands that defense because he did some things to our defense that just kind of kept us out of sync a little bit, you know? Um, I mean, I don't remember seeing guys running wide open in big-time situations um, like I did last Saturday. So I think that's probably the most the, the disappointing thing to me is just the fact that we never offensively – we didn't get into rhythm because it was more of what we were doing defensively. We didn't get into rhythm because of what they were doing offensively. And we just couldn't, couldn't get dialed in and, and just figure out exactly um, what they're doing. And, and you know what? Hats off to them. That's why they're, you know, they're going to make a deep run in the playoffs. I think they are a good football team, a really good football team. Um, and we all know the Dakota. Dakota runs the football, and they've, they've won a lot of national championships because they can run the football. And Sac State can run the football pretty damn efficiently. So I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, what kind of run they make. Yeah, I mean, a good point, though. Uncharacteristic mistakes from the secondary. Um I was talking to somebody this week and they, the secondary, they called the secondary, the no fly zone. Right. And that's what they've been this season. One of the best secondaries in the conference, if not the country, but just small things. Um, like you said, guys getting behind the secondary creates you know 40 yard touchdown pass opportunities, very uncharacteristic of them. So just the smallest of things that Sac state was doing to somehow turn obvious strengths into a little bit of weakness and capitalize on some of those. It reminded me a little bit of what the Wildcats did to Montana with the run game. We knew that Montana was the best run defense in the conference. Very stingy when it came to giving up yards on the ground. The Wildcats ran all over them and they went and turned a strength into a weakness somehow. And I feel like that's what SAC did to the Wildcats with the secondary. Um, But I don't expect that to happen often. Uh, just uh, one of those things we were talking about on the Monday show, how this is a weird year for the FCS playoffs because now Sac State has an argument to be the number one team in the country. Um, but no one 
in Ogden is afraid to play them again. In fact, we would relish the opportunity to play them in Sacramento again to get another crack at Sac State. I think most people would say, I want them again. So interesting year because it hasn't been like that in years past where North Dakota State is head and shoulders above everyone else. And you're looking around wondering, oh, the Bison, what can I do against them? It's not like that this year. Simon, what about you? Oh, just ahead, real quick, ahead. too, uh, just to add to about the, the the secondary, you know. So, so at this time of year, there's all these tendencies, right? So, I'm sure, I'm sure our secondary is sitting sitting there looking, okay, down in distance, this formation they're in, this is their tendency to do this, right? So, all of a sudden, our guys get locked in. They're so dialed into their scouting report, they know exactly what's going to happen. All of a sudden something happens they haven't seen a little motion right something like that and all of a sudden our guys have to just gather their thoughts real quick to think okay this is the blitz we have this is the coverage we have for this all of a sudden everything's changed and you've got two seconds to digest that and understand what's going to happen and then boom the ball snapped and you're not quite ready and I think that's might have been some of the the things that happened on Saturday of you know us breaking down that film and dialing into those tendencies and knowing exactly what they expect. And then coach Taylor saying from Sac state going, just kidding. This is what just we're going to do. Just a little wrinkle. Yeah. Just yeah. a little wrinkle so, in that. Simon, what about you? What did you maybe not like so much from what happened on Saturday? You know, I think, I think my thing was, and like you guys said, it's the secondary looked mortal for the first time, like actually yeah. mortal. And I think what coach stack brought up just barely like, Brilliant point right there. I mean, I've been talking to Weber State players. I've been talking to, you know, coaches, everything like that. And one of the big things that they say is that, you know, their goal is to come in the most prepared team for each for each team. And that's what's led to their success in a lot of ways, right? Like we saw them come in as the more prepared team against Utah State and win that game 35-7. We saw them come in multiple times and be able to, you know, use that preparedness against them. And all of a sudden we see Asher O'Hara, who – doesn't have a whole lot of yards on the statute as far as passing yards are concerned. Yeah, averages and, 40 yards a game passing because that's right. not the thing that he does. Right. And he throws over for over 150 this game. And we, you know, and I remember seeing that play where it was uh it was Marshall Martin that was running to the end zone on a streak. And uh Maxwell Anderson was right behind him and like I figured, oh, it's Maxwell Anderson. Like yeah, <laughs> one of the best corners Maxwell in the country. A buck, right. you know, a, a guy that's on a buck Buchanan watch list. Like this guy's exactly. a dude. He's he's been Superman this year, and all of a sudden I see him get outrun by Marshall Martin, like right into the end zone on a you know Asher O'Hara pass, and no one, no one would have called that. Like none of us were talking about this game last week, going like, oh yeah, we're really scared about passing. We were scared about the run game, and the run, run game, game was, was- that, right. <laughs> Yeah, like we came in and it was like the run game was the main concern. Like none of us were concerned about Jake Dunaway. None of us were concerned about Asho O'Hara through the air. And they beat us through the air. Like that was the scary part. (laughs) Yeah. So guys, um, obviously a game that was a little disappointing. We all picked the Wildcats to win. Close loss again, 33 to 30 to the Hornets. Like I said, I wouldn't mind seeing the Hornets in the playoffs. Would love another crack at that team, uh, another bite at the apple. But we'll see if the Wildcats can get through these next two weeks. Well, really a week now um, because you got a week from today and that's what it is. But 
Let's talk now about today's matchup. Let's talk about the stripes because now we've made it through, like I said at the top, those tough three weeks in the conference season. The Wildcats go one and two. Obviously not ideal, but the two teams that you did lose to continue to be very highly ranked. And so it doesn't hurt the Wildcats terribly in the national rankings. The Wildcats sitting at seven now instead of five after losing to number two, Sac State, and losing to number three, Montana State. So now a little bit of reprieve this week in Idaho State. Idaho State has a first-year head coach in Charlie Ragel who's working through some stuff. And it hasn't been a great year for them. They've got one win. And it was Cal Poly, who Cal Poly got absolutely shellacked by the Grizz in Missoula in a snow game last weekend. Uh, the guys from Southern California didn't seem to like that too much. But talk to me a little bit about, about the stripes, guys. Um, do you think some of the issues that they've been having are them being a young team, first-year head coach, bad culture? Like, Like, what do you think it is that has kept the Idaho state Bengals from getting a few more wins because it's not like they had other bad teams. Cause they've lost some of those other bad teams in the conference as well. I think, yeah, you, you go ahead first. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, if you go, if you, if you look and, and read some of the articles, coach Raggle's laying it out there, man, he is he laying is. it out there. He has said, he has said that he might not, bring the full allotment players that are allowed to come on the bus because he doesn't basically, he said he doesn't think he's got enough players that want to play. He said, he also said that, you know, basically he's told his kids and this is what it was read in the paper. This is what I read is that he said that some of you guys aren't going to be here next year because you're seniors. Some of you guys aren't going to be here because you're not going to be welcome back. And so he's, he has laid it down there, man. He's laid the gauntlet down. And so my understanding from, from, from what I've read in the articles is he can't find a competitive spirit on that team and his, him and his coaching staff are so frustrated because they've put in all this energy and, and, and then all these things that trying to change the culture over there. And it sounds like he's not getting the buy-in that he wants. And so maybe part of the buy-in is you got to, you got to cut some bait and maybe you just got to get a few guys and then build off of that. You know, I don't think, I don't think their goal coming into today, today's game is to win the game. I think it is just to have a competitive spirit and just to find some guys to build off of for next year. That's kind of everything I read, you know, and, and I, you know, what, what was Jay's first, record here how many games did we win his first year do you guys remember was it two or three yeah i know we're going way back i don't know i'll I'll look right now yeah but that and that maybe what you know maybe they're trying to do too because i know jay came into a a tough situation after john l smith and then jody sears and and you know i mean all the shellackings that he would not be named on this podcast yes my bad yeah yeah but you're right. It was a it was a weird time for Wildcat football. Obviously, some weird situation there. Then the the Joey Sears um, situation that didn't turn out. I think the way that folks had hoped. And right. so you're looking around, going, "What what do we got?" You know. And yeah. so not not the best. But uh, let's take a look here. So 
Uh, but keep going with your point. Yeah. And so I think, you know, it just takes time to change that culture. And, and you can see it with, with Jay's done. It's, you know, here, you know, we were talking a minute about the Sac game, Sac State game that uh, we're all bummed out because, we, you know, we lost to the number two team in the country, you know. Geez, when Jody Sears was here, it was like, man, I hope we don't lose by 30. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of, a, it's kind of interesting how, how things have changed. So, but it's hard, man. It's hard to change those cultures, right? And I don't care if you're talking Weber State football, Idaho State football, your office, a new company, you know, it's just, it just takes time to, to, to do that. And I think Coach Ragels, what he's, the road that he's taking is he's just saying, you know what? Let me get rid of the guys that don't want to get into the boat and let me just take, get, find out who my guys are. And then we can at least build off of that. So I think that's kind of, kind of his, what his approach is going to be with that. Yeah. So Jay Hill's first season, 2014, two and 10 overall, two and six in conference. The final two wins come at the end of the season, one against North Dakota, one against Northern Colorado. The final game of the season, a little bit of a letdown though, because the stripe win in Pokex to 28 and that was just the second time the Wildcats had lost to them since 1999 or longer right like it's just they got lucky that year and they haven't done it since and so like you said coach like I don't think that coach Ragel's goal necessarily coming into today's game is to win it is to maybe audition and try and find some of the guys that are going to buy into the system because that is important right? Buying into the system that the coach is bringing, especially as a first year coach and trying to figure some things out. Although do you run some risks? Like, so for example, when I heard some of coach Ragel's comments after the game last week, it kind of reminded me of some of the things that coach Ed McCaffrey was saying in Greeley with Northern Colorado, where there has been a number of, there's been quite a bit of roster turnover there in his short tenure um, but also, you know, saying some of these things in press conferences about guys not being competitive and blah, blah, blah. And I just have to wonder what that does to your team psyche, because I mean, you can give me your take here, but my, my position is if you've got a, a group of guys that are unmotivated to go out there and buy into your system and win, is that a them problem or is that a you problem? Well, I think the other, the, the, when you look at it, right, there's a reason they call you coach, right? Yeah. And you are, you are a direct reflection of your players. And so if you're saying your players aren't, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when sometimes I think when coaches say that they're kind of, they're kind of throwing up the white flag, right? It's like, it's like the kids kind of, kind of hitting the reset button says, well, I'll just transfer somewhere. Right. You recruited, you know, those are your kids. You came in as a coach. You are, you may not recruit them, but they are part of the program. And as a coach, you're responsible to find a way to get them motivated and get them to play. It's easy just to say, well, we'll just get rid of them all and start over again. Well, there's no magic, uh, magic pond out there. That's just shooting out these great players, right? You got to develop them and maybe part of coaching is finding, especially in today's world where there's the transfer portal and, you know, all these other things that are out there and it's just easy to, 
to just go somewhere else. So you got to find a way to motivate these guys and, and uh, you know, build the, get them to buy into what you're trying to do. And it's, it's hard. Right. But I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a gray area for me. It's, it's easy as well. We'll just get rid of everything and we'll start over again. And maybe that's, maybe that's not the greatest approach. I don't, I don't know. No, I think also though, that playing in your first year or coaching in your first year, there are going to be changes. And so it's not like he's been there for three years. These are his guys and now he's kicking them all out. There's still some, some work to be done. And so I guess he gets a little bit of room, but I don't know, exactly. Simon, what's, what's your take on some of the, the, the situation that's happening, I guess, stuff that's happening more off the field for the stripes than what's been happening on. Yeah, I think, I think the stripes came into this season in a, in a very down state, you know, there's, there's multiple things that put them there. Like I don't even have to go into the whole coaching debacle on um, with the offense coordinator, but I could also go into, they had five players that were, had at least big sky honors, like honorable mentions, anything like that. And they had one return in Turan Carey, who's an offensive lineman, um, complete, like just extremely young team last year and a young team this year. Um, and I think I counted uh, like 11 upperclassmen total. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's extremely low. Um, I will say like, you know, as far as like a bright spot on their season, because I, you could look at the Cal Poly game as a bright spot. And that's, that to me is just like, you know, it's one of those teams was going to get like one win this season. And yeah. Um, but I think like you look at the, the Montana game right there and um, they actually like didn't play terrible against them. Like obviously those 20 points came in a little bit of a, less critical time, but 20 to 28 against a team like Montana is not bad. I think they have potential. I think there's some guys with life on there. And I think that's, you know, as far as that off season drama goes, as far as that, you know, as far as coach saying, you know, some of you guys aren't going to be here next year because you're seniors and some of you aren't going to be here because I don't want you here anymore. Like, I think he knows which ones are, have a little bit more potential and, I think they're worth investing in and yeah, it's a, it's a team that needs turnaround. These are young guys um, and young guys do get cut. Like that, that's what happens. And um, so I think he's feeling them out a little bit more. Um, I do think it affects the culture and this has been a terrible culture for a long time. Like really has. Uh, it's kind of funny because, you know, if we look at Weber state as having, you know, the greatest basketball player in big sky history and Damian Lillard, you could make a very good case that Jared Allen is the greatest football player to ever come out of the big sky. You know, he's up there with Cooper cup. Like it's a very strong case. And so um, I think he's just trying to turn that culture around make it the winning culture that he wants it to be. And that, you know, it's shown up in the past before um, not in the last 20 years very much, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the other the other part too is just with all the stuff going on there with the, the coach before the season and the, that whole deal. But you know, and, and and I and I've mentioned on this show that I used I know Charlie right because he was at uh, Chaparral High School when I was recruiting Arizona. He's a good dude. He's a nice guy, good guy, straight up shooter, right? And so I, I hope he's successful. And the other thing I hope is his health's all right, man, because his health is not good either. I mean, he's missed practices. He's, he's, he missed he the Montana State game, uh, didn't yeah. he, because of health or something? 
yeah, something with his heart, a regular, uh, a regular beat with his heart and he's got to be up in the box. And, you know, so, I mean, it's just like, man, just keep piling it on, right. Just keep piling all the negative possible things that can happen. He, you know, as a, as a football coach, you just keep grinding and grinding. But I, I number one thing, man, I hope his health's all right. Mm-hmm. So guys, let's talk a little bit about the stripes today. I mean, going through the stats, um, I guess what I learned from last week is that you know, we can go through the stats and we can talk about what they do well and what they don't do well, but good coaches are going to surprise us. Troy Taylor surprised us last week. Um, so we won't dive too deeply in because there's not a ton to talk about. The stripes do have the worst offense in the conference. They give, they only, they only net 340 yards a game. The Wildcats have the second best defense behind the Grizz after the Grizz shut out Cal Poly last week. They retook that position. But I mean, I think there's real potential for a shutout today. So I don't know. What's your take on that? Like, do you think the the stripes are going to find any success whatsoever? or, Or do you think we see twos and threes early in this one? I think I, I think there's a definite chance of the shutout. I think like, especially after their game against UC Davis, cause that was brutal. Like Davis has been surging. Yeah. Right? They've been surging and you know, as much of a surging team as they are. And like, we knew that their record did not reflect how good they were early on in the season. That was a very fair assessment right there. I think like, um, but Weber state's obviously a better team. I think we've got a better defense and I think we've got a defense that can shut down an offense that, I mean, as far as rushing goes, I mean, you can look at the stats with rushing, like um, getting about 300, 318 attempts this season with, you know, 1,079 yards and they're number nine in the conference. And then like, look at passing right there and passing's just, you know, I, I don't think that they're going to, I think there's a very good chance that Weber state shuts them out in every opportunity they have. The one thing I will say about passing though, is that um, they have had quite a bit of injury at the quarterback position this season because Vanderwall has been out, which if you remember Vanderwall in the spring season, he looked very good. He was a very capable quarterback. Didn't have a great fall season last year. But he's been out for, I think, I don't think he's played this year. So Hunter Hayes, also, who this is the second string quarterback, got injured. And so he was out. And so they had Satan Gronauer for a, quite a bit. And Gronauer, the third string quarterback, you know, did his best. But that's where I kind of look at the passing numbers and go, well, you know, they haven't had the best quarterback play. Hunter Hayes is back now, I think. I noticed his, his, I couldn't find the two deep for Idaho state for this week. I went and looked in their notes. I looked everywhere. I couldn't find it, but I noticed that Hayes came like he, his numbers weren't super high last week. And so I wondered if he went out again, but the quarterback position has definitely been a weakness for them this year. And so I look at those passing numbers and go, they could be better, but on who's throwing the ball a lot. Right. Yep. Depends who's throwing the ball against the toughest secondary in the entire conference. Like that's what's to look at too, right there. Well, guys, um, 
we've already talked about the fact that they are a, that the stripes are a pretty young team. Uh, when I did some counting, just three upperclassmen on defense, seven on the offensive side, um, add a rough season, add the coaching stuff that we just talked about. Where do you guys think they are mentally right now? Because like we've said, we've heard coach Ragel in the media talking about some guys aren't coming back. A lot of young guys who've only been around for a season or two at the most. I don't know. Where are they at mentally here? Coach? Sorry, man. Your mic's muted. The guys that that are going to be there, I think they're going to be ready to fight. You know, mm-hmm. are they going to have are they going to have enough guys? Right. So I, I just kind of think that's that's where their mindset is, right? I mean, they're football players, right? Typically, football players are competitive guys, and they're going to battle. So I think you know, I think that's you know their mindset. You know, I think you know this could be a situation where they use it as a rally call and try and rally around everything that's going on and, and, and put something together. So, but, uh, you know, I think, I think, you know, once the thing is, as Weber state and J Hill teams, they're always so prepared. They're always ready to play. Right. So it's not like Idaho state's going to come in here and flex their muscles and have some success because because we're not doing the right things, right? It just it just Jay Hill does not operate that way, right? It doesn't matter if we're preparing for Idaho State, Western Montana, Utah State. I hear the players talk about it. He they all do the same thing. Everything's always the same way. Scouting reports, the week is the same. And so I expect them to, to play like they were playing Utah State and be ready to play. So I just, I just don't see Idaho state, you know, even if they can rally and get their mind right, I just think we're a better club, better team. Yeah. Um, Simon, Wildcats are coming off of, you know, tough couple of weeks. We talked about those three weeks and now we're past them and one and two played some good teams, lost in close games. How do you think the guys are feeling going into these final two weeks? Cause now, Obviously, Idaho State today, game against Northern Arizona a week from today, and that'll be it. And then hopefully sitting there watching Selection Sunday and getting some good news. Where do you think they're at mentally right now, the guys? You know, you think they're ready to kind of put it on somebody having gone through their gauntlet now? I think, yeah, I think um, one of the things that I remember hearing in the press conference after the Sac State game was um, Coach Jay Hill talked about it. he said, you know, I think my best record in the big sky has been nine and two. And I think we have a very good shot at that. Um, and they clearly do like yeah. Idaho state is a very beatable team. And so is Northern Arizona. Like these are yeah. two teams that they could very well walk away with that nine, two record. And, you know, no, no shame in that. Like, like that's a phenomenal record. And um <laughs> Yeah. And so I think like, as far as your mental state goes, you know, you, you've come off of, you know, your three hardest games this season, essentially. And um, again, we've talked about how this team prepares and prepares. And I think playing against, like, like we said with, you know, being able to come against Sac State again in the playoffs and being able to, you know, have that next opportunity. I don't think, 
I don't think we're going to see the same results. Like I think Weber state comes into that next game in the playoffs and they've seen all the tricks and they've, you know, um, and so I think they're going to take these next two games. They're going to, they're going to play them hard, try to get that best spot and try to get that nine, two record. And um, I think we're going to see a, a tough team still play. I think they're mentally strong and I think they, they know what they've accomplished this season. It's a great accomplishment, but they still have stuff to prove. And I think that's a great place to be. Yeah, I mean, good point. The Wildcats have the only tough team in the conference. The Wildcats have not played this season. Idaho yep. right? played everybody else. Yep. Yeah. I think, you know, too, as far as the mindset goes and, you know, and you kind of go run that gauntlet and maybe they just kind of take a, just a sigh and just kind of, breathe a little bit. Right. But, I, but the other part of me says, you know what? I just think our, our guys are just saying, you know what? You make a play here, you make a play there. And all of a sudden we're number two in the country. We're that close. We're really that close. So I hope, you know, and I know I'm, you know, we're preparing for Idaho state, right. But we're also preparing to get better every week right that's who we're playing this week idaho state but we're preparing to get better every week and you know we know where our deficiencies are we've seen what's happened you know and and you get exposed when you play you know i i don't think i don't think we're going to get exposed when we play uh, you don't get exposed when you play a weaker team but you start playing those higher level teams oh we're not very good here we're not very good there so hopefully what we're doing is we're getting better in those those areas. And, you know, uh, as we make this run, when we get to these, these next games that we're, we're getting better and we're going to be better when it comes starting to play in those tight games, you know, I mean, you got to think, you got to think the players are just saying to themselves, man, we are so close. We are so close. And it's, and it's really nothing that anybody's done to us. It's more of what we've done to ourselves that, that we've lost the two games that we've lost. Right. And so hopefully we've got that mindset and we're just getting better and, and we're going to make a nice, nice run here in this next month, these next four or five weeks. So talking about opportunities to get better, checking the schedule or not the schedule, the weather forecast for today, conditions are going to be a little bit cold. It's going to be a little bit windy. Um, You've seen the Wildcats struggle in weather this year. Um, does that have you nervous? Because going into a potential playoff run, playing football in late November and early December, there's weather. Um, we've seen it ourselves in recent memory. How do the Wildcats struggles in games with a little bit of weather have you feeling going into the playoffs? Well, if we were a team for today, if we were a team that had to sling it around the yard to score points and couldn't play defense, then I'd be worried. But we can hand the ball off and run the football, which takes care of the weather, right? And then being a great defense and having bad weather just makes you a little bit better on defense. But kind of talking to your talking to your point about the future, right? I mean, Montana State, wind was swirling a little bit, was cold. Sac State cold. I was out in the stands. It was wet, cold. So, you know, it's, is there, is there a common denominator there where that's something we got to get better at, you know, and let's, you know, 
realistically we're talking about the throw game, right? Is that is that one of the reasons where we're a little deficient in the in the throw game in those two big games, right? And so yeah, it's just an opportunity to get better at it, you know. And I think, you know, it's just going back to that Sac State game, you know, they were the worst secondary in the in the conference, weren't they? Or one of the worst secondaries. Yeah, that was one of their, definitely one of their deficiencies. I mean, Sac State was nine out of 10 in the conference, yeah. giving up about 250 yards um, a, a game. Yeah. So they weren't great. Right. So there was opportunity there and the opportunity just weren't able to capitalize. Yeah. I mean, we just got to get better in the throw game, right? <laughs> and maybe we got to get better in the throw game in bad weather. Hmm. No, Simon, any thoughts uh, before we wrap up the segment? Yeah, I think I think that's completely right. What what Stack said right there. I think like the big thing is you know you look at some of our deficiencies that have come in those cold weather games. It's been drops. It's been you know fumbles even that have occurred. Um, hard pass, and we've had you know the long snap. Um, I know that was something that you know we saw again in Sac State right there. Was that was another safety, um, which is which is tough. Um, I think like. I think playing in cold weather um, makes it a little bit harder on that fast-paced offense, that no-huddle, hurry-up offense that we've seen uh, this season because um, so much stuff we play on that terrain, you know, routes run a little bit slower because, you know, it's wet and um, have to stick to safer plays sometimes. So I think that's going to be one big thing is trying to find out not only how to, like, you know, improve in the, in the cold weather and, and in that terrain, but also be able to – run that fast paced offense that we're so used to watching and that we've seen succeed multiple times. Um, and so I think you take these next two games or you take at least this next game because Northern Arizona is in a dome and they're in Arizona and all that stuff. But, you know, you kind of try to figure out like what's, what's the differences in timing right now when I'm, when you're in cold weather compared to what it is in the regular. Um, and so I think that's something to look out for today, especially against Idaho state. Well, guys, we'll see how it goes against the stripes today. Um, see if they bust out that uh, that train uh, train bell rivalry trophy. Hoping that comes out of the archives this weekend. Uh, would really love to see them ring that on the field at Stewart Stadium. But let's take a fly around the sky now. Some other games, like we said at the top, that are happening. Um, pretty pretty good pretty good week for all of us. All we all went five and one last week in our picks. One we got wrong was the one we didn't want to get wrong. Wildcats ended up losing to Sac State. But first on the docket, there's going to be a Friday game. Well, by the time you've heard this, this Friday game will have already been played. Sac State at Portland State. Um, I don't know, guys. Who are you taking here? Taking <laughs> Sac State on this one, no question. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Yeah, Sac State. That's 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 pretty easy. Nice <laughs> and easy. Portland State has not looked good, although they, man, Ewoo, they are down bad. They're the, way, <laughs> the way they looked against Portland State, the way they looked against you know Cal Poly is just like what is what are we doing, guys? Well, let me ask you this: If Sac State, this is a lot of ifs and buts. So if Sac State was to beat Portland, or if Portland State was to beat Sac. Would that be a bigger upset if NAU would have beaten Montana State, which they were one play away from doing that? They were close. I think so, because I think that Montana State has played a very soft schedule this year. 
Uh, you think about the toughest games that they've played thus far. They've played the Wildcats and they played Davis. Both of those games were on their field uh, and they will play the Grizz on their field. So they've got all the advantages there. Um, that game and, and against NAU was in Flagstaff. That was at elevation. And it was largely because Tommy Malott is such an excellent player and he makes things happen. If Portland State somehow beats Sac State, yeah, that's a pretty massive upset because Portland State is a very middling team in the Big Sky Conference and Sac State has an argument to be the best team in the country. Should Sac State lose this game somehow to Dante Sachere and the Portland State Vikings? Man, that is quite an upset. Let's go now to Montana State at Cal Poly. So Montana State getting out of the snow and heading down to SLO. I mean, it's a nice time to go to California, guys. <laughs> Cal Poly, though, has had their struggles, got absolutely blasted by Montana in Missoula last week in the snow. What's the play here, guys? Montana State or Cal Poly? It's Montana State. <laughs> no messing around. Yeah. <laughs> Who's next? All right. Next up on the list, we've got... Uh, so, like we said, that Sac State-Portland State game will happen on Friday. Everything else from this point on happens on Saturday, including that Montana State at Poly. Uh, that game will happen today when you're hearing this. Northern Arizona at Northern Colorado. This is an interesting one. Who are you guys taking here? The Jets. Dude, this is the mid bowl right here. This is the mid bowl. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> a little bit tough. It's a little tougher. Um, I'm going NAU on this one. Um, I have yeah. seen, I haven't seen what I wanted to from RJ Martinez this season. I think we all expected a lot more than what we, what we've seen, you know, coming off as the freshman player of the year last season and everything like that. But he has had games where he's really surprised you. You know, he had that one. I can't even remember. Who he was the Montana playing. State game was very good. Yeah, that's good right. game. That's what that's what kept them competitive in that game. Are the play of good quarterback play by R.J. Martinez? Yeah, he he can he can show up. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take NAU on this one. I think we got a little bit of a surprise back factor. What about you, Tom? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take NAU. I, I think I've been, I've been on Colorado State earlier this year, and they embarrassed me. So I'm I'm done with those guys. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, interesting. <laughs> they had though. their chance. They had the, their chance to earn my loyalty, but they lost it. They let you down. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Next up, Eastern takes the trip over to Missoula. Um, uh, Eastern feeling pretty beat down these days. Um, Montana trying to right the ship. Big win. Um, not necessarily a big win because Polly has been really, really bad last weekend for them, but just I think a nice game to get out their frustrations. Last weekend they put up 52, 54, something like that. 54 to nothing. So you think Eastern they got nothing to lose at this point. Do they play spoiler in Missoula? Or is it ho hum? Yeah, I think I'm going. I think I'm going Montana. I'm going Montana, but you two guys, the wisdom of this, the dream team, you two are the wisdom. <laughs> riddle, me, riddle, riddle me this. 
what the heck happened to Eastern Washington? Is it just they lost their quarterback? Like, is it just like you talk about just going from top to the bottom so fast? Like, what did they lose that many players, or what? What's happened? I so think I think some of it is the ghost of of Eric Berrier. Um, like that is a tough that is a tough one to lose. Um, but yeah. like. It is an interesting point because I mean, like, if you look at the stat sheet, Gunnar Talkington hasn't done that bad, like, statistically. Yeah, as it sits right now, I mean, Talkington is like third in the conference. Let me let me take a peek here. So he's yeah, he's third in the conference behind Miles Hastings, number one, R.J. Martinez, number two, Gunnar Talkington, three. That's that's all based on, uh, I think yards. Yeah, that's all based on yards. But if we look at efficiency. Talkington's numbers go way, way down, but also he's a, he's a guy that throws the ball. I think a lot more than some of these other folks. It's an interesting conversation. I, uh, I don't know how to answer it. I thought, I thought they'd bounce back a lot better than, than they have. Um, and I know Emily, like when I, when I came out and talked about who Ibu was one of the weaker teams in the conference, um, she was like, she she was very against that, and um, you know it it kind of played out where I think I think they're still dealing with a lot of losses right there, and they're trying to recover from that. I think you know where Gunnar Talkington is is a good court like fairly good quarterback. You know Eric Berrier though that was yeah he was he was something else. I think that's a hard player to bounce back from. Well, the other thing is they've had a very difficult schedule. Yeah. They played. They believe, yeah, they played Oregon. They played Florida. Both of those, you know, big power five teams on the road. They've played the Wildcats. They've had to play Montana State. They will now play Montana this week. They've played Idaho. They played Idaho last week, I think it was. Um, they've had to play everybody tough this year. This was just an absolutely brutal schedule. They will probably end up with a top five toughest schedule in the country when all is said and done. So couple that with the losses, you know, with the difficulty in replacing some players. Yeah. But some of the losses are inexcusable losing to Portland state like that. I mean, come on guys, what are we doing? Uh, One more final game here. This is the most interesting game of the week. I think UC Davis at Idaho. Davis has been surging. Idaho has been a revelation. Game is in the Kibbe Dome. What are you guys taking? Idaho. Stack's probably right here, but I don't believe. Well, ooh. this is tough. It's tough. <laughs> I was gonna say UC Davis for a sec, but now I'm kind of now I'm kind of <laughs> my no, problem is this. Yeah, my heart says Idaho. My head says Davis. It does. Like, Who wins? Davis I like the Vandals. And they, you know, I think as far as tough schedules go that we look at, Davis has had a tough schedule as well. Like, Idaho hasn't played, like, you know, ter- like they haven't been on, like, a, as soft as Montana State's been exactly. But no, Idaho has a, Idaho's had a mid-schedule, you know? Like, they haven't had terrible yeah. games. They've had to play Sac State on the road they've had to play montana on the road yeah 
I'm going UC Davis. Let's go for the upset. We gotta have we gotta have at least one thing differentiate us from you know. We can't all go five one, right? <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, you guys. Uh, what I gotta make a choice. <laughs> I'm gonna go with my heart. I'm gonna go with Giovanni McCoy showing up, doing the stuff, picking the Vandals in the Kibby. Coach it's Jason Eck has got me feeling the vibes, man. Jake Kochek is just a ton of fun right now. And then final game, guys, of course, Idaho State at Weber State. I think we know the answer. <laughs> we're flying the W. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're flying the W. I'm hoping, like I said, I want to see that train bell out on the field. I want to see him ring it. Bring that thing out of the archives, folks. Bring it back to its glory. Let the stripes see what they can't win. Okay. Well, upcoming schedule, guys, like we said today, versus Idaho State. This is senior day. So this will be the last regular season home game of the season. That game will be at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tickets at WeberStateSports.com. I believe KJ has picked the game up. Uh, also will be on ESPN Plus if you're like me and you live out of the market. Make sure to get up there. Tailgate will start at least by 11. So get up there, hang out with the peeps, listen to the show, cook some food. Uh, enjoy this at least at least one more tailgate because we don't know what's going to happen. Then Saturday, November 19th, Wildcats take the trip up to northern Arizona, 6,600 feet in Flagstaff. Guys, I found some flight deals to not Phoenix, Las Vegas. Nashville, Las Vegas has some cheap deals that uh, maybe I might make an appearance in Flagstaff. We're going to work on that over the week. But the Wildcats will be in Flagstaff next weekend, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, ESPN Plus, or you can listen to it on 1031 The Wave. I say the same thing for the game today. If you're not by a television, you don't have ESPN Plus on your phone, you can always get the dulcet tones of Steve Klauke and Jerry Graybill over the radio. And then Sunday, November 20th, the FCS Playoff Selection Show will take place, 10.30 a.m. That will be on ESPNU. And should the Wildcats, um, I think, take care of business this week and next week, uh, we'll just kind of see what happens. The field is wide open, guys. This is an interesting year for the playoffs. Anything could happen. So... We've talked a lot about that in the last two weeks. Take care of business over the next two weeks and Wildcats punch their own ticket. I uh, want to thank you. Okay, wrap up the show like we usually do. Weber State Weekly at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, of course, and then WeberStateWeekly.com for our blog. Thank you guys, Coach Tom Stackeruk and the Signpost Zone, Simon Mortensen, for taking a little bit of time to chat some Wildcat football with me today. Rooting for the Cats today. Pound the stripes. I'm going to make the t-shirt. It says, we don't lose to the stripes. I'm going to make it. Haven't made it yet, but it's going to happen. We'll wrap it up like we always do. Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Go Wildcats. Wildcats.